0: we are on the home stretch to university of miami fall camp here's who and what needs to clean up their act you are locked on canes your daily podcast on the miami Hurricanes, part of the locked on podcast network your team every day I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus and longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I would like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply August 6th my friends that's when players are going to report to green tree practice fields and we're going to get the first fall camp of the Mario Cristobal era. And for those of us who have been living our lives every single day celebrating the Mario Cristobal era and all the recruiting he's been doing and all the assistant coaches, the all-star staff that he's put together and we're excited for TVD to take the field again, August 6th, which is a Saturday, that's going to be like Christmas morning for us, man. We're going to get everybody back together at Green Tree, and I hope we can start to. It's not going to happen in one day or one season, but I hope we can start to build back towards that era because back when Cristobal was playing at the U, the hardest opponent Miami would face week in and week out, it wasn't Florida State or Virginia Tech or whoever else on Saturdays. The hardest opponent Miami would face was themselves. Green Tree practice field, that made every game feel like a breeze when you were going up against the top talent on your own practice field day in and day out. So, folks, we can talk about individuals, and we can talk about position groups, but as August 6th approaches, and, yeah, they got a little bit of a head start of this in spring ball. Spring ball is important, but you did have 19 regulars who were injured and couldn't participate. And spring was more about installation. I'll tell you the biggest issue that Miami needs to clean up. And I know a discipline-focused guy like Cristobal, and when you have coaches on your staff like Kevin Steele's and the Charlie Strong's and the Frank Ponce's and the Josh Gaddis's and the list goes on and on and on. Discipline is the word of the day. We need to see the overall team discipline improve. A lack of discipline can manifest itself in a number of different ways on game day. Some of those are harder to identify than others. If you have a lot of drop passes, you could say maybe a lot of that's on discipline or maybe a lot of that is just not having talent, right? If you have... You know, a quarterback who's missing open receivers, not going through his reads, maybe some of that's on discipline, maybe some of that's on talent. When you've got missed tackles, maybe some of that's on discipline, maybe some of that's just on not having the talent. Miami doesn't have or hasn't had talent up to par in recent years of the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Clemsons. We're trying to get back to that through recruiting. But the biggest way that a lack of discipline will manifest on Saturdays is penalties. I don't think it's any secret Miami's been one of the most penalized teams in college football the last few years during the Manny Diaz era. In fact, the hurricanes a season ago, they ranked 114th in the country in penalties And that's like golf. You want to be lower on that list than higher. 114th in the country in penalties. Just terrible. Over 7.6 penalties per game. And in certain games, it was especially horrific. That Florida State loss last year, 14 penalties committed in that game by Miami. Being one of the most penalized teams in college football, being 114th, in fewest penalties, which means he had a lot of them, out of 130 teams. That's a clear and direct sign of a lack of discipline. And a lot of that was on the offensive line. I had a conversation last week with Miami play-by-play man Joe Gackey. We were talking about Miami's offensive line because, and we'll talk about it, there's a handful of guys on Miami's O-line that are highly regarded very experienced, and I think are going to take very well to Alex Mirabal and Mario Cristobal's coaching. I don't think Miami's offensive line is as bad as some people think heading into this coming season. But a big area where Miami's offensive line struggled was in shooting themselves in the foot. I love the way that Joe Z described it to me, saying that every time Miami had the football on offense, the offensive line turned it into a 120-yard field instead of 100 yards. Because every drive, you were basically giving the defense at least 20 free yards in penalties. And you were making it that much more difficult for yourselves to score. So this is something I know Mario and Mirabal are going to be drilling in practice. And they're going to be planting that idea in the heads of their players over and over and over and over again you have to clean up on the penalties. You have to clean up on the discipline because so much of those penalties on both sides of the football, I'm not putting it all on the offense, but so many of those penalties come down to a lack of discipline. And yes, it also comes down to a lack of technique, which they're going to work on as well. Because if you're committing holding penalties left and right, it's probably because your technique is poor and you need to try to correct your missed blocks by holding your opponent just so he doesn't crush your quarterback every single play. But uh, I really think that's the number one thing Miami has to focus on. It's discipline. And discipline can make you better in a ton of different areas. But I believe the most direct way that discipline can make you better is cutting down on the penalties. And when you're 114th out of 130 teams in committing that many penalties, almost eight per game, that is something we need to see Miami clean up on in a big way. As far as individuals and position groups, Here are the few of the things that I'm going to be looking at heading into Miami, actually taking that practice field at Green Tree. And I'm going to try to be there as many times as I can, if not every single day. Um, You've got some monsters some sleeping giants on this team that had good years last season, maybe slightly disappointing years last season, who I think are going to really step up this year. Now, I certainly wouldn't say this guy had a disappointing year last year. He started to come on late in the season in a big way. But when you talk about players taking the next step, I want to see Miami stud defensive tackle Leonard Taylor take the next step from last season, where he became a monster and become a full-time monster this year. No reason why this guy, under the tutelage of someone like Joe Salavea coaching that defensive line, cannot become one of the very best in the ACC, if not the very best in the country. I like Jared Harrison Hunt on that defensive line as well. Uh, Going into the defensive backfield, I think Miami has a lot of talent there, especially at the safety position, but I don't sleep on these corners as well. Somebody I'm going to be really interested to watch fall camp and then early season, you've got a couple of easier games to start the year before you go for the baptism at Texas A&M College Station the third week. But a guy I'm going to be watching closely throughout fall camp and early in the season, Miami cornerback DJ Ivey, number four. He's been a source of a lot of frustration for us over the last couple of years, right? Ivy, though, he was one of the better players or at least one of the better stories, most improved in spring football, had a good spring, had a good spring game. I would like to see DJ Ivy continue showing improvement, right? Wouldn't it be nice if he can become a really dependable coverage guy on that defense? We talk a lot about the wide receiving core on this show. Um, a guy that I'd really love to see step up because he's one of the new kids in town, one of the new faces, Frank Ladson. I would love to see the transfer receiver out of Clemson step up and really have a big fall camp. And I say that because he comes in from a huge program in Clemson, so he knows what it means to win and win big. Um, He comes in with a lot of fanfare and a lot of hype. Didn't have a great spring. But I remember saying the same thing last year about Charleston Rambo, who had a quiet spring and then burst on the scene at fall camp and had one of the best individual seasons a wide receiver has ever had at the University of Miami. I hope Frank Ladson can follow in that path, right? Uh, you know, And we talk about so many of Miami's other wide receivers because wide receiver this year, that is a prove it and show me position. It's a deep room. But it's deep in bodies and talent it's not deep in experience i think xavier restrepo is going to be fine i think he's going to be an absolute stud in the slot position but you've got question marks in terms of how consistent can Keyshawn smith and Jacoby george and romello brinson be and what's frank ladson going to bring to the table I also, and man, this is a name that there was an episode last week where I should have mentioned this name and I didn't. And someone pointed it out to me in the comments section. I'm pretty low key bullish on Colby Young, the transfer wide receiver from junior college. Um, we'll see how he does at a big step up in competition because he goes from like what upstate New York junior college into the University Miami. It's a huge step up, but that dude is six foot four, track speed. Good hands based on the footage that I've seen. So he could end up being a wonderful addition to that wide receiving core. And here's something I don't hear enough people talking about with the wide receivers, right? Because, okay, you lost your top two guys from last year. Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley both put up monster numbers last year, especially Rambo. But, okay, why did they put up such monster numbers? The quarterback play what were these guys doing when D'Eric King started the season? And just, he wasn't healthy, but it was a very quiet start to the year. And then Tyler Van Dyke hits his stride, and he has six straight games where he's throwing for over 300 yards and over three touchdowns, six straight times to end the season. I'm not taking anything away from those wide receivers because Charleston Rambo and Harley, they showed us reliable hands and reliable routes down the stretch, and they were both fantastic, but... It's not like they didn't blow up because the quarterback play blew up. I'm telling you, when you have a good quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, who I believe is really going to blow up this year because TVD, he he has been working tirelessly in the offseason with his leadership, with his workouts, with uh, the throwing sessions he's having with his wide receivers, with his confidence. I think Tyler Van Dyke is going to be one of the best five quarterbacks in college football this year you can feel free to bookmark that comment and either praise me for it or throw it in my face come December, but I think he's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in college football and I believe he can make those receivers better. I believe he made Charleston Rambo even better last year and he made Mike Harley even better, so this year yeah, hopefully we don't have guys dropping passes left and right, but let's not just say the wide receivers are going to make the quarterback. I think the quarterback can make the wide receivers. Great quarterbacks can elevate the talent around them and i believe tvd can do that we got to talk about the linebackers when we come back uh, because that's going to be a really interesting group and the offensive line and a recruiting note that pertains to the offensive line we got a lot coming up folks on this episode of locked on canes huge shout out to linkedin small businesses are back LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people. Simple tools then like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in developing quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The entire offensive line needs to show more consistency and It goes back to what we were talking about in terms of discipline. This offensive line, they're one of the most experienced in the country. I feel like we say that every year, though. Um, Their pass protection was pretty good last year. We need to improve the consistency of the run blocking. You've got the right coaches to do that because that's a big strength for Cristobal. He loves to emphasize the running game. Josh Gaddis is versatile as an offensive coordinator. This is not strictly a run-first guy, so I don't want people to give him that reputation. But the last couple of years at Michigan, it was a run-first type of deal, so he can emphasize that. Alex Mirbaugh can coach him up. Uh, cutting down on the penalties is going to be big. And you've got guys on this offensive line right now, 2022 guys, who are getting preseason accolades. We've talked about Zion Nelson, who's projected – he's got to back it up on the field, but he's projected right now as a first-round draft pick. Cristobal had really nice things to say about Zion at the ACC kickoff media days last week. Center Ja'Kai Clark, I saw last night, uh, he was put on the Remington Award watch list, which is given to the best uh, interior offensive lineman in the country. So he is turning some heads. He's considered to be a guy to watch. DJ Scaife at right tackle, very highly regarded, and he's a fifth-year senior. So we've got guys on that O-line with a ton of experience. So hopefully that experience translates to more consistent success on the field. And listen, um, that's another area, offensive line. That's another area that can made to that can be made to look better by your quarterback, right? Because. You know when, when Tyler Van Dyke was out there, we didn't always look at the O-line like, oh my God, these guys are going to get him killed. How can he play behind that O-line? I mean, TVD showed a lot of pocket presence, really nice ability to scramble. I know he doesn't look like he's fast, but how many times did we see TVD just have these clutch first down runs where it's like, wow. He's, not, he's moving in slow motion, but nobody can tackle the guy, and he's eluding pressure. So, yeah, I mean, elite quarterback play can also make an offensive line look better. I think getting the running game going is going to be a really, really big thing this year. And we put out a couple of tweets last night. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedonKanes, and we will follow you back. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCaines, and day and night – If you've got any questions or comments about Miami football and about recruiting, go ahead and flood our inbox. But we were asking you guys last night, what do you think is the deepest position group at Miami? And the running back room got a ton of love, and rightfully so. Kane Legacy tweeted to us. Chaney, Rooster, Thad, Parrish, who transferred in from Ole Miss, Trevante Citizen. All five of these guys are running back one material. Amen. You're preaching to the choir. Miami's got at least five running backs who could be running back one at some other big-time universities. Now, Trevante Citizen, he's the true freshman. He's a little bit more of a question mark, but he's already built gigantic, and he's really strong. And Trevante Citizen is one of the specific players that Tyler Van Dyke went out of his way to compliment at the ACC kickoff He thinks Citizen has got the stuff to be a contributor his first year. You think about as a true freshman with a deep room like that, where you have people like Knighton and Parrish and Chaney and Thad Franklin in front of you, uh, in theory, it's not going to be that easy for a true freshman to come in and carve out playing time, but I think Travante Citizen could end up being the type of guy. You know, he he wasn't around for spring. I don't think. Uh, I don't think he was an early enrollee. So he's, you know, he's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball in fall camp compared to some of the uh, some of the other true freshmen. Uh, you know, running back probably takes you know a little bit less scheme wise to to learn uh, than some other positions. But I think by the second half of the year, Travante Citizen is going to end up making an impact, especially when listen, you got four really good elder statesmen in front of you but guys are going to get banged up guys are going to get tired you're going to have your opportunity as fresh legs to come in and play late in the year and i think citizen is going to be one of those guys who can get it done so you know i don't i don't really look at the running back room as a question mark because i think miami's so loaded there i just look at the running back room in I'm going to be excited to watch these guys work. I'm going to be really excited to watch these guys work during fall camp. You know, another position group that got a lot of love for its depth, rightfully so, is the tight end room. Now, tight end to me, I think, is a little bit more of a show-me type of room than running back Um, because, okay, obviously Jaleel Skinner as a true freshman very highly regarded. I think he's going to be fantastic, but he's not proven anything at the college level. Um, You know, you got other guys even on the bench, like Khalil Brantley, I like, but it's just going to be hard for him to get on the field with with the top three guys being who they are. But, you know, Jaleel Skinner has everything to prove. Uh, Elijah Arroyo had some good moments and Elijah was he was one of the players that I feel is just going to bust out and burst on the scene this coming season. I I think Elijah Arroyo is going to end up becoming Miami's most prolific tight end this year, but he still has plenty to prove. And then the elder Statesman there, who I'm so glad is back because he's a really good, well-rounded player is Will Mallory. But the thing about Will Mallory is, and I think he's the first to admit this. He was at the ACC kickoff last week and he talked about this. He's got to show us more consistency Because for the first, I don't know, month, five weeks of the season, how many games were we saying, where's Will? Will's on a milk carton. Had a couple of drop balls. Wasn't getting a lot of targets. Now, again, this is another one, guys. Elite quarterbacks elevating talent. When Tyler Van Dyke got into his stretch of those six games where he was hitting every deep ball and not missing anything except for the first half of the Florida State game, otherwise he was gravy. Will Mallory blew up like everybody else did because he was benefiting from that great quarterback play, but Mallory didn't have a consistent year last year. I mean, I, I don't—I I forgot he existed until October when he started making big catches, so he's got to show. So tight end looks great on paper, but uh, I don't think it looks quite as stacked as running back. And then the other area that I think is incredibly stacked is safety, right? I mean, you've got at least three guys in your safety room that could be the top safety in most of the other teams in the ACC, right? James Williams, number zero. Um, I think he's going to take a huge step up because I think he's overall the most talented guy in that safety room. Avante Williams. I mean, Avante Williams was suspended for the early part of the season. Hopefully you get full season of Avante this year and the sky is the limit. And Cam Kitchens is an absolute beast. So safety, I think safety room for me is like right up there with the running back room. So I, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, now, you look at players I really want to see step up in fall camp, and hopefully they can do this with the type of coaching that they're now getting. Linebacker room, I mean, guys like we want to see more consistency from people like Corey Flagg, who I know has been working really hard in the offseason. Ryan Ragoni, who I really like, and he's one of my favorites on social media because he posts the videos of those team building things. So hopefully that team building is going to build a monster out of Ragoni, Avery Huff, who I like his size. Uh, I hope some of these guys can take a big step up for Charlie Strong because a lot of Miami's linebackers, uh, not all of them, but a lot of Miami's linebackers just don't have great power five size to play that position because that's the one thing you can't teach right you can teach tackling you can teach discipline you can't teach size and you know I think that uh, Miami would like to build a linebacker room that looks more like an SEC sized unit but at the same time it's going to be one of the best coach units in the country out of Charlie Strong so I want to see what they can do all right when we come back There is a a recruiting update for a player we haven't talked a whole lot about, at least not for over a month. Uh, Could this offensive lineman end up being Miami bound? We will discuss right after this on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Center. Connor Liu, a name we've brought up on this show before, but not for a long time. I know we've talked with John Garcia about him in the past, but center Connor Liu names Miami a finalist. Uh, He's Ackworth, Georgia uh, center from Kennesaw Mountain. Um, He's projected to play center at the next level. He can play guard or center, but uh, he's chosen his commitment date, which is coming up Friday, August 5th. That's the day before fall camp starts for the Hurricanes. And his finalists, he's going to be choosing between Miami, Georgia, Auburn, and Clemson. And so we're going to see if Connor Luke could end up being the next O-lineman to join this class, right? We already have Antonio Tripp committed as an interior offensive lineman. Uh, Frankie Tinalau, you know, he, I think he could play interior or exterior Francis Maui Goa, who I know top offensive tackle recruit in the country. And he could play left tackle, right tackle. He could play any position he wants to, but I think he's versatile enough. If for whatever reason, Miami wanted Maui Goa, uh, to move inside, he could do it and he could be great at it. Uh, he's a monster when it comes to pulling, um, And, you know, where Miami is projected to land Tommy Kinsler, who's a tackle who could play interior at the collegiate level. And we'll have to see what happens with Samson Okunlola, who will be an exterior guy. I can't picture Okunlola moving in to guard. I think he's going to be a tackle and an absolute monster, a tackle on the next level. He is favored to land at Miami. We'll see if the Hurricanes close on that one. I think Miami will, by the way. I think Miami will close for Samson Okunlola, but we talked about this in our big recruiting episode on Sunday. Um, I've been following up almost every day with people I get information from on Okunlola and how it's looking because he hasn't set his date yet. Like, you can get all the crystal balls for Miami you want to until you actually set your announcement date. I'm still going to be just a little bit concerned. Uh, I've been told Miami is still the strong favorite for Okunlola but if you're going to look at any other university in that rearview mirror, uh, do take a look at Michigan State, because I've been told Michigan State is now pushing really hard for Sampson. So Miami is in the lead. you got to watch out for Michigan State pushing forward for that guy. So I think the Hurricanes are going to end up with a very strong offensive line class, and we'll have to see if center Connor Liu could become a part of that. And on Lou specifically, I did ask a couple of people about Connor Liu. I'm not really getting a great read on um, whether he's favoring Miami or if anybody knows if he's favoring Miami. I've been told maybe, but I don't get a sense heading into his August 5th announcement, at least not yet, that any of the Miami people that I talk to have like a good sense if, uh, if he's going to be committing to the U or not. But he sounds like an excellent player. So we will see how that one goes. Uh, we're going to have an exciting week of shows, my friends. There's a lot more recruiting to talk about. We're going to talk more later this week about that barbecue that Miami is hosting for recruits. I think July 30th is when that barbecue is going to happen. So it's only a few days away who we expect to be in attendance at it. And if we may get some big announcements coming into or out of that barbecue, but huge shout out. And thank you guys for listening and for watching today. Remember to subscribe. Remember to subscribe uh, on the audio podcast feed, which is available Apple podcasts, Spotify, odyssey wherever you get your pods and please subscribe to our youtube channel as well we've been growing the youtube very very quickly and we appreciate you guys for becoming a part of that and yeah keep it locked we're with you every day sometimes six days a week sometimes seven days a week sometimes we do multiple episodes in a day if breaking news happens please make us uh, your first listen and your first watch and you can get more on the acc by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day with host Candice Cooper. Uh, Candace did an episode uh, Monday today about Miami potentially winning the Coastal. So they're giving Miami some love. I love it. Candace and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.